It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program for this Friday. I'm Roger. I'm here Monday through Friday. And uh, we, um, we do talk shows um, for an hour every day at this time. We welcome your participation at 7690600-766-1380. On Fridays, we have a little real estate segment with Bob Martin. We'll get to him in a moment. And on Fridays, we try to visit with some of our state reps and senators, and we're going to do that today as we welcome to the studio um, State Representative Bob Phillips. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, Chris. Nice to have you here. And our uh, co-host today, I invited Chris Boulay to join us. And uh, and because there's so many developments uh, happening um, in the um, world of finance and so forth. Hi, Chris. How are you doing today? Good morning, Roger. Good morning, Bob. I can't wait for the show to go on. All right. We're going to get to you guys in just a few moments. But our first segment of the day is... Um, is brought to you by Mr. Uh, Bob Martin, who is the broker owner of Crossroads uh, Real Estate Group on Park Avenue in Woonsocket. And I think I have him on our live line right now. Are you uh, surviving all this, uh, Mr. Martin? Yes, I am, Roger. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Good morning to you. Glad to have you with us. Are you ready for our real estate question of the day? Sure. Ready or not, here we go. Uh, here is uh, the, the quotation. We were ready to list our home before the virus hit and have held off. Now it appears Rhode Island will not be opening anytime soon. Is it still a good time to list and our houses selling? I think that's a fair question, huh? Yes, it is. Uh, y- yes, the answer, you know, yes and no, yes. Houses are still selling. Um, have they slowed to some degree? Yes. Uh, primarily due to, I think, not from the buy side so much as, uh, although that that's hitting more now, uh, but from the sell side, you know, people have to make an individual decision whether or not, um, you know, they want to put their house on the market and let someone into the property. Uh, now, <clears throat> everybody adapts to everything, so um, I was just reading this morning, our multiple listing service, for instance, has just expanded the ability to put 50 photos in of a property so that people viewing it remotely will be able to see the home more. Now, a lot of people, I've never sold a home, you know, on a virtual tour, and I don't. I think people are not quite ready to, to do that as a majority. So at some point, they'll want to enter the home. But we've done things where we now have the ability to do a virtual tour, where basically you, you film something similar to YouTube. So what we're trying to do is have buyers view the home from, you know, over electronically, so it diminishes the need for them to go in to see a property. If they don't like what they see, then they don't. Um, the As far as listing, yes, um, it, we, we are selling houses, not to the degree we were, but on the other hand, there are a few houses coming onto the market because some people are making that decision that, no, I, I don't want someone in. Now, if they do list, you know, the precautions we've taken, um, I've mentioned some, but we do ask, for instance, the people to put the lights on in the house. Uh, we'll go in with a mask. We do question buyers in advance um, and, and ask them, anybody in your home sick? Um, you, how are you feeling? So that, again, we're trying to eliminate anyone that um, may not be feeling well. Can they lie to us? Sure. But 
usually someone's not feeling well, they're not looking at homes. So we try to minimize even the presence in the home. Sellers are usually, we enc- we've always encouraged them to leave during a showing, so there's no person-to-person contact there. And, um, and, and people are coming in with masks at this point. Uh, buyers do not need to touch things. Uh, we wear gloves so that if we do have to put lights on, we do that that way. So from the showing standpoint, I think we can reasonably minimize exposure. Um, on the closing side, attorneys have, again, have adapted. I was speaking with an attorney yesterday, said that if, if a seller or a buyer doesn't want to leave their home, what they're doing is they're going to the home. Um, they're handing the people the documents at the front door. They go sit in their vehicle, the attorney does corresponds with them on the phone in case they have any questions on the paperwork. They sign everything. They come back to the front door. They hand him the package. He will then notarize it at his office, and then he does his thing. So, again, uh, minimizing customer contact. Same thing with the sellers and the buyers. We are now uninvited to go to closings. Um, The sellers will go to the office. Uh, They sign um, without the buyers being there. They leave their keys and whatnot. The place is sanitized. The buyers come back alone. So, again, everything has been minimized. So to answer his question, um, depending on his urgency and whatnot, prices have not dropped. Um, the market, those that the homes that are selling, um, you know, we're still moving them, but not at the degree that we were. Um, I, I, I scan every morning. So, for instance, in the Lincoln, Cumberland, North Smithfield, Boroughville, Gloucester, Woonsocket area, Yesterday, there were uh, five or six new listings, single families, um, which is far under what normally is the case. But, you know, things are moving along. But I think there's a difference if someone has a multifamily. Um, um, You know, if you're going to list a five or six family, I, for one, will not go show it. Uh, I don't need to try to contact five different people or six. I think that's being reckless. Uh, I'm sure that I may get criticism from some of my fellow realtors for that, but um, I think it's a different situation in a single family or even maybe a two-family where it's, 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 you know, two people in the same family and you can kind of minimize the exposure. But when you're getting into the multifamilies, uh, honestly, I think those people ought to wait. Um, and if the, the tenants are smart, we've had, you know, one agent that called when this fairly first started and the answer was, are you kidding me? So... Um, uh, that, I think, is a different situation, and we're going to see a slowdown in that. We've had consistent closings to date, and I know, you know, when you read in, in the journal and whatnot, um, you know, sales one year compared to last year. Well, sales this month were sales that happened before the virus really took hold. You know, they went into contract then. So I think what we're going to see is a diminishing of closings over the next two, three, four months because, you know, sales have slowed. But are they moving? Yes, they are. Um, most of the new listings, for whatever reason, appear to be Providence South, you know, and, and in the areas that there's just more activity, Warwick, Cranston, Johnston, Providence. Um, we're finding, uh, I'm finding, we have fewer listings in Northern Rhode Island, but we always have fewer sales. The majority of the sales are in the center part. So uh, it's an individual decision, but uh, would he get less value today than he did a month ago? Absolutely not. So um, if he feels comfortable with having you know people go into his home uh, to view it, then I would list. And if he's not, then I would. Uh, but I would also question the, 
the individual realtor that he's going to list with and make sure that they have you know, sufficient protocols to keep things uh, relatively safe. Where there's a will, there's a way. Thank you, Bob. Thank yes. you. And okay. uh, nice chatting with you, and we'll talk to you next Friday, same time, same station, I hope. Right? Okay, yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bob Martin, and he is with Crossroads Real Estate Group on Park Avenue in Woonsocket with offices also in uh, Chapachet Village in Gloucester. And also uh, in Cumberland, too, now. Well, let's move on here. We have some very patient people waiting in the studio. Bob Phillips, Chris Poulet. I'm going to turn to Chris first. Any housekeeping matters to uh, attend to from uh, yesterday's uh, program or uh, or things that um, we want to lead off with uh, that are not related necessarily to Mr. Phillips. Good morning. Good morning. Just relating to the market, um, very, very excited personally this morning. And I had mentioned this earlier, and this is not a solicitation to buy or sell because I would not do that on the air, and I would not do that for free. Um, there's a company called Gilead that you might have heard about. What was it called? Gilead Science. Gilead. Have you ever heard of Gilead? Gil- no. All right. So what, what is it? They are a scientific company. They've done great strides in the past in HIV, basically helped cure AIDS with uh, some of the developments. Right. And it was announced yesterday that they had great inroads on the COVID-19 uh, disease. And um, the market has popped so the Dow Jones futures are up about 726 points this morning on that, pretty much on that news. And Gilead is up big as well. And I'm just excited because I talked about this a few times and not that this is any big prediction, but China effed this up and American Ingenuity is going to fix this. Mm-hmm. And it's just very exciting. There are many, many companies that are working on this. Gilead is just one of them and they happen to be a leader. Is it an American company? Yeah. It's in California. Is that, that's still part of the U.S., right? No, for the time being. <laughs> it hasn't fallen into the Pacific Ocean yet. It hasn't fallen into the Pacific Ocean. So, anyway, th- that's the encouragement that we need because, you know, the president has decided that fast-track FDA approval for drugs, looking very, very quickly. This country, and we're going to talk about this uh, a lot, cannot be closed up for 18 months. So, I am extremely excited. I cannot wait to see how this moves along. And um, it's just the kind of positive news that we need. And again, again, uh, American Ingenuity uh, comes up. We'll see where it all goes, but it's certainly very promising. And if it won't be this company, it'll be another American company, I believe, will move forward with this. And uh, and uh, I just think it's very exciting news. Yes. Gilead is the name of the company. Right. All right. We'll but, keep an eye on that story throughout the weekend. Good morning and welcome to our program. State Representative uh, Bob Phillips, do you feel much like a state representative uh, these days, or do you feel like Melissa Murray uh, in a previous interview here and uh, Senator uh, Roger Pickard in a previous interview here that they uh, are uncomfortable with not being able to carry out their duties? Well, I feel uncomfortable not being able to meet in the committees and down at the session to try and get uh, pertinent laws or legislation passed uh, but we don't stop i have not stopped since this has broken i've getting more emails phone calls uh, text messages from people um, that don't know what to do in certain situations and we try to help them out so we still have our constituent services department at the state house working full-time and sometimes i think they're working overtime by trying to help the 
constituency out with different situations that they're in. What kind of a question would they ask you? Uh, it's not like you can get uh, federal dollars uh, into their uh, checking account. Well, a lot of it has to do with the unemployment. Uh, a lot of people, as you well know, is unemployed at this point and trying to navigate. Well, I, I put it in two weeks ago. I haven't heard anything. Didn't get the confirmation number. So we try to make a phone call and make an email to them just to to the DLT to try and get them to say, yes, we are in receipt of that application. It is being processed. And then we get back to the person that is asking and telling them that, yes, because of the inundation of the amount of applications for unemployment that it is taking, they are a week to two weeks behind right now. And they're doing it as fast as they can by also trying to be as cognizant as they can with being socially distant and trying to be um, as clean and uh, sanitizing as possible. School distancing, is it uh, a joke or is it working from what you've heard? You are not a spokesperson for the school department. That is correct. Um, I do. My wife is still teaching remotely. She is making videos and they are getting gathering them all together as a group of phys ed and health teachers in the city of Woonsocket in elementary level. And there's one uh, teacher right now that edits everything and puts it up online so that the kids can do their exercises, can go out. They tell them about walking. You know, Nancy and I do walk quite often. Uh, In the afternoon, we'll just say, hey, let's go for a walk. We'll either walk down to Cass Avenue or to um, down Morin Street and around the corner and up Diamond Hill Road and that just to get some fresh air, to get get our lungs cleaned of any stale particles that could be in our lungs and that so we're trying to get out there and and do our thing um so from what i understand a lot of the teachers are very very engaged they're doing um professional development they're pds i I don't know what the three-letter abbreviation for plus are but they're professional learning units i think is what it was but i'm not 100 percent sure um and they're Try, and they're getting in touch. A lot of the teachers are in touch with the parents and or the students themselves. The first week that I got laid off uh, from substitute teaching, I still had quite a few students emailing me saying, what am I going to do? I can't get onto this. And I just recommend that they go to um, one of the administrators. I gave them the administrator's email address so they can help them guide themselves to get on their Chromebooks and that. A lot of um, edicts coming from the governor's office daily pretty much yeah so how would you rate the governor's performance here and obviously there's some friction with the uh, with the general assembly as well in terms of uh controlling so what are your thoughts um i think she's done actually a pretty good job uh is she perfect absolutely not are are any of us perfect absolutely not she has never come across this before neither has the president so yes they're going to make their mistakes should we have done a few things earlier most likely, if you're looking two, three weeks down the, from in the past, we could have done a couple of things a little bit sooner. One example would be the face masks. I think they should have instituted that if you're going to stores and that a little bit sooner. She's, it starts tomorrow that it's mandatory. But in retrospect, you should have probably started it three weeks ago. 
Um, but, but is she is she trying to make laws? I mean, she's coming out and saying she's you know, doing executive you, orders. Yeah, if you go if you go to if you go to Seacock, you know, you got to be quarantined for fourteen days to shopping, and then she backtracks on that. And uh, I, I think she's overmanaging the process. But I wanted your thoughts from a member of the General Assembly. I think she wants to get on top of it as quickly as possible, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why she makes some mistakes at times. Uh, saying that if you go to Seekonk to go shopping, come back, you have to quarantine for 14 days. Well, take Woonsocket. We have, what, one grocery store in the, within the city limits right now, which is price right. Everything else is either in North Smithfield or in Bellingham or in Blackstone. And, Roger, how far are you from parking shop? Maybe two minutes? Quarter of a mile. Quarter of a mile. So, obviously, you're going to go to parking shop before you go to North Smithfield to the stop and shop, because that's closer to you. Now, do you necessarily have to quarantine for 14 days? I would think not. Uh, my mother-in-law lives three miles from our house in Massachusetts, and we go there every once in a while. She's 93. We are going to make sure she's okay. And I don't care who it is. I, if you tell me, I've been home quite a bit. But uh, I'm not going to stop making sure my mother-in-law is not fine. When the governor made that statement about uh, going into Seekonk, I, I watch these news conferences every day. So I watch them and I listen to them every day. haven't missed one. Mm-hmm. Even when she said it, I could see on her face that she knew that she had to backtrack, but she didn't know how to do it then and kind of left it that way. So she had 24 hours of opportunity for people to criticize her, which, of course, they should have because that's what she said. Right. But, of course, she said it twice in yesterday's news conference or the day before. She corrected herself twice and said, you know, it's common sense. Um, uh, you knew what I really meant as she talked to the audience. Not uh, that uh, you would uh, go to uh, CVS in Blackstone for a half a second to pick up your prescription and then come back into Rhode Island. So uh, she stepped on herself a few times. We have a caller waiting. Let's grab that caller and because they've been waiting patiently and see what's sure. going on. Hello there. How you doing today? All right. Are uh, you going to be with us or are we going to move on? Thank you. All right. Uh, if you want to uh, call back, please do. You know the telephone number, 769-0600. Yeah. We would love to hear from you. Because <laughs> you're washing dishes? Uh, Sounded like it. No, that's what dishwasher's for. <laughs> Bob Phillips is with us. He's state representative. And um, he uh, is not at the state house. Uh, so... No. Has the leadership talked about coming together and uh, having a meeting? They have. Um, we, I have a couple of threads going with some different state reps. We have to be careful how many state reps we put on our threads even. I've got like a half a dozen on one thread that we text back and forth on. Uh, and if people don't know what a thread is, a thread is a, a list of people or, or a uh, conversation that you have with different people. Let's say Roger, Chris, and I want to have a thread going. What's going on at the station today? You know, you can go back and forth and everybody can see each other's comments. So that's what a thread is uh, in case there are people that do not understand it. But I have one with 13 reps on it, one with six reps, and then we have one with just the Winsocket centers and reps that we can try and figure out what's going on. We've talked about going back, how we can go back, how do, do we have to get a larger venue right now until we can get this thing under control. Uh, I think we pretty much, in my mind, we've rejected getting a larger situation. I think the speaker, uh, with him being involved with one of the threads, 
has said that he's going to try and bring the finance committee back first so we can start back on the budget. And that's what we have. I've always said along. We need at least to get the finance chair and the finance committee and subcommittees back to start getting going. And then we can come back and get other committees going and then the full general assembly back i'm hearing that the administration is not really cooperating with uh, the house to get the numbers and so they're having a difference but you know that's what you need the uh, discussions for is to be able to try and come to a happy medium uh, maybe you know she may and, I, and i'm not privy to this i don't speak to the governor herself right now i th- think she's got so much going on uh, that I will leave her alone and talk to her. I do, I'm in contact with her um, administration. I have a person of contact at the administration I'm in contact with at least three times a week to t- ask them different questions, to talk about mm-hmm. different situations, uh, to try and get answers for different constituents and that. But I think that um, this is why we need the communication between the Senate President, the Speaker of the House, and the Governor just to say, okay, are you comfortable with just the finance chair, uh, finance committees on each body coming back first? Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable with having, let's say, the um, corporations committee come back to have a committee meeting to have only written testimony or email testimony to come in? So, but it, again, again, not to uh, beat a dead horse, but without the cooperation from the administration with the numbers, not, none of that can happen. Well, we're trying to research whether or not how much how far the executive powers go with the executive orders and that. So maybe there is a, a way around it. We, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't found anything yet myself. So, you know, we'll just keep working on it and try to cooperate with her and try to see if we can get her to let us come back sooner than later. Callers are waiting, but I just want to comment on these meetings uh, that you do by telephone or Zoom, I guess, is one of the... Companies, Zoom is uh, what some of them are doing, yes. Right. And uh, I've attended two of them, one with a party of five and one with a party of uh, maybe 11. One was a Rotary Club meeting and one was a Woonsocket Senior Citizens Board of Directors meeting. Mm-hmm. And anything over five is awkward. When you get to ten, it's like almost impossible to who's talking to whom. And so 75 uh, General Assembly members uh, all on one thing to me is not going to be good government. Um, as You know, I want to uh, – there's got to be a way to actually go to the State House and separate yourselves but so that you can see each other and conduct business. I don't know if you feel similar. Then we'll hit the phones. Well, I'm not I, – this is – Something that we've never come across before, so I'm not sure the exact way to do it. I think um, getting 75 together in the chambers that we have at this point with staff members that we need to have there, uh, like Frank McCabe, who is the clerk of the House, we need to have him there to, to um, explain the bills or to read the bills or read legislation and that. Uh, right I now, wouldn't do it in that room. Yeah, I'd do it I, in another room I don't know if there's else. another. I think that's Not what, at the State House. I think that, yeah. We may the only thing that we that I have suggested to one of the threads that I've had was maybe you know getting the convention center or the Dunkin' Donuts mm-hmm. Center and and setting up mics and everything else uh, remotely, but I don't know how feasible that is too. Let's talk to some of our listeners. Hello there. Sure. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, first of all, you answered about the zooming as far as the uh, legislature is concerned because I know we do it now in cities and towns. But the other thing is we know that. 
a great amount of the deaths are occurring in, in places like nursing homes. Uh, you have uh, the veterans' home, etc. Can we use? They're using National Guard at borders as far as you know, people out of state coming in, directing them if they're you know they're just trying to get away from a situation and going to nowhere. Um, has there been any consideration? Because as more and more staff are have been recognized with the virus. Um, you're putting such a burden on other people, working 18 hours and 20 hours. Um, can the governor assign National Guard to to uh, rest homes um, besides, you know, hospitals? What can we do to help them? We're getting a lot of uh, positives within staff as well as clients. Thank you very much. Appreciate it context of that call, Bob, is uh, that um, uh, every news conference we have, the governor and the health director are saying that we don't have enough staff at these nursing homes because some of them are sick, some of them don't want to go to work, some of them are calling out. Some of them have children, young children. She wants to know if the National Guard might be an answer. I'm just, not being a medical professional, I am just going to play a neutral role and say, I don't know what more the national guard can do they're not trained a lot of them are not trained in medical stuff so what how are they going to be able to help out besides maybe direct traffic and and maybe test the people before they come in the employees or or that to see that they're either positive or negative Uh, i i don't even know if we're still having the national guard at the borders i haven't heard that in about a week that they're there Mm -hmm. you know they may just have signs now they're saying if you're coming through rhode island you're stopping in rhode island for any time there are only two locations one in hopkinton and one on the state highway in westerly is where the state police and the national guard are right okay and then what happens when you're coming from massachusetts on 95 nothing doing nothing what about 146 what about 295 nothing There, there is a lot of different openings that we can uh, you know do that that whole thing of uh of, of borders is a symbolic thing it's not realistic it's not yeah, really right. happening but i don't know to get back to her question i don't think there's much that the national guard will be able to be utilized in that would be efficient uh, they can't take the cna's place they can't take the nurse's place they can't take doctor's places so i don't know if that's would be a, a good use of their um, manpower up front program, Chris Boulay is here, Roger is here, Bob Phillips is here, and one more caller here. Yes. Good morning. I have two questions and I'll hang up. Shoot. Good morning. Listen, comments. Good morning. First of all, uh, the $4 million for the convention center, that's very good. But I hope the state uh, takes in consideration we, they're already big been given millions of dollars because it's been a loser since the time it opened. And my second thing uh, that I'd like you to comment on, C- uh, CVS does a, uh, started uh, with a thousand tests a day the, uh, because they have that fast test kit. The other three in the southern part of the state do only a thousand a day between the three of them. Thank you, CVS. Now, seeing um, you're not meeting, I believe it was like 40-something thousand for sodas in the state house. Would you see if some of that money, cause, because according to President Trump, he says he has a lot of those fast test kits that the states are not ordering. 
And could you see if they could use some of that money to outfit those three in the southern part and other places with those fast testing kits? And I'm glad they're going to send in a federal person to every state to overlook everything. But please give me your comments on those two. Thank, Thank you. you. Certainly. Thank you for the call, Helen. I appreciate that. Number one, the convention center. Uh, in the one thread that I've got 13 reps and myself that are talking back and forth, we have broached that subject. We are already giving the convention center a lot of money each year for their budget as a state. The federal money that's coming in and the money that we're going to be spending to to rent out the convention center. First, a couple of us were appalled that... They, the convention center was charging us, including this taxpayer, yeah, <laughs> to be um, to rent it out for, as a makeshift hospital slash beds for positive um, tested people or doing a testing center there. So we're looking at how we can um, maybe shift funds from different departments. They're saying that they're not having any shows they're not making any money they still have to pay staff and everything so we're going to look at that hard that's what one of the subcommittees on the finance committee we hope will look at because that's one thing that i recommended was that we look very closely at that to see if we are just giving them money extra money just to give them extra money which is not fair to the rest of the people and to each taxpayer as you said roger as far as CVS, CVS's expertise is in the medical field, so I can see them doing the 1,000 per day testing and ramping up even maybe higher to 1,200 or 1,300. I, I think there's going to be a, an, a top capacity that they could do, so I don't know what their uh, maximum capacity could be, but I, I do appreciate that CVS is leading in the country by showing that they can do it and they're hoping that other maybe Walgreens or another uh, pharmacy chain will take their lead and, and run with it in other states. But uh, the 800 that the other three together are doing, I don't know if they can, if their capacity is maxed out or if they could have still some leeway to maybe ramp it up to another 1,000 or, or 1,200. So the money that's coming in, which is what the caller had asked. Uh, we can test it. We can check it out. But I will have that on a thread that I'm going to be sending out after we get off the show then. We'll be back in a moment. Woonsocket Tax Service of Woonsocket on Front Street would like to thank all our loyal clients during this unsettling period. Together, however, we'll develop new ways of providing the services you've come to expect from us. Now, despite our office being closed to the public, we're still working hard to meet the new filing tax deadline of July 15th, 2020. Beginning Monday, April 20th, however, we'll be scaling back on our tax season hours and moving to our normal off-season hours of Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We'll be reading and responding to emails sent to info at woundtax.com. So feel free to email us should you have any questions. We will reevaluate our hours if and when we are able to reopen to the public ahead of the July 15th filing deadline and communicate those changes to you. As always, we're here to provide bookkeeping, payroll, and sales tax services. We're Woonsocket Tax Service, Front Street, Woonsocket. 
Park and Shop Supermarket back with their announcements for the week. And they have a special flyer that has been put out with deals for you and a special message saying that they're here to serve you. And from all of them at Park and Shop, they wish you good health. The trucks are back delivering products to the stores on a daily basis. And they say they're incredible dedicated team continues to restock the shelves with the supply chain improved it's possible to continue with these great advertisements including fresh grade a chicken leg quarters 79 cents a pound other meat deals today include one to bar bologna $1.99 a pound if you're looking for some cod fillets maybe some fish $7.99 a pound for delicious cod fillets frozen at sea the Park and Shop 10 for 10s are back as well, including Duncan Hines Classic Cake Mixes and some great variety of craft original flavors of barbecue sauce. Some of the 10 for 10 deals you'll find as you make your way through Park and Shop Supermarket. But the big meat deal, USDA Prime Certified Angus Beef, boneless New York sirloin steaks, just $5.99 a pound. Park and Shop Supermarket, Main Street, Blackstone. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Services are now available on Facebook or Skype on the Internet. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's a church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study, Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are understandable to grow you in faith and available online. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting you on your journey of salvation, with services now available on Facebook and Skype. Services conducted by Pastor Marcus Warren. Matthew and Nell invite you to drop off your laundry at M&N Laundromat. We wash, dry, and fold when you drop off for only a dollar a pound. And of course, you can use our top loads, front loads, and super load washes and do it yourself. And we can accommodate small to oversized loads. Enjoy the flat screen TV and free Wi-Fi while you wait. Commercial accounts are welcomed, including nursing homes and restaurants. We have the equipment to do the big jobs with washes of up to 100 pounds and dryers up to 50 pounds. M&N offers free pickup and delivery for seniors in the high-rises, nursing homes, and other housing complex. 10-pound minimum weight. Have a question? Call 769-9661. Husband and wife team of Matthew and Nell Vasnesian invite you to stop by our 389 Willow Street location. Matt is a Woonsocket native and proud to say, M&N Laundromat is locally owned and operated. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and a Moscato. And yes, it's still two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyards of California. Quality wine. And the sale goes on on Kettle Vodka, $32.99 for the 1.75 liter bottle. And Bacardi Rum, the 1.75-liter bottle, is only $23.99. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. Champs Liquors for Keyway does high-rise and senior complex delivery service, too. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Oh, wait a minute. I have to uh, add a little message to Champs. Um, 
uh, only door service uh, to avoid any health issues. That's for the time being. We don't want to do that forever, but we're going to do it right now. Masks and sanitizing will be used on a daily basis. Open daily 9 to 9, Sundays 12 to 6. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Socket. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Upfront program Friday, uh, Representative Bob Phillips in studio, Chris Boulay with us. going to hand the microphone over to Chris and get a few uh, thoughts from uh, Chris in terms of questions and commentary. Yes, sir. Yes, if you just tune in, we'll speak with Rob Phillips, uh, District 51, who's the Deputy Majority Leader. Got a lot of titles here. First Vice Chairman, House Committee on Environment and Natural Resources. Mm-hmm. Second Vice Chairman, House Committee on Health, Education and Welfare. That makes sense. And Member House Committee on Rules and Member of House Committee on Small Business. Uh, we were discussing at the break uh, the finances, which is really the most important thing for the General Assembly. And Seth Magazine had set up a line of credit with Bank of America for like $300 million. And then more specifically the Rainy Day Fund, which I think is like $210 million. What are your thoughts on that to keep us afloat since we're not getting all the numbers that we uh, that you like from the administration? Yeah, we're not getting uh, a lot of the revenue that we have been getting since our, all the casinos are shut down. A lot of the businesses are shut down, so we're not getting the sales tax. The, a lot of people are laid off, so we're not getting income tax. There is It's just a whole snowball effect. Um, I think using that line of credit, because the line of credit is so inexpensive right now. I, what was it? Um, 1%, 2%? Uh, one and a quarter. One and a quarter, yeah. yeah, percent, which is unheard of, which is, is good. We, we can use that to uh, make it afloat, keep us afloat. And then at the last moment, if we need the rainy day fund to use it, I would rather use the line of credit because it's almost like free money. You know, Chris, you're in the finance industry. Uh, one and a quarter percent is unheard of for trying to get any type of loan in that. Form. I guess we still have good credit, right? We must have some very good credit then <laughs> if we're getting that percentage rate. And I don't know if we're one of the uh, only states that have this type of a line of credit, but uh, I think that was a good move on uh, General Treasurer Magazine's places to get that in line in case we do need it. And uh, I have not heard that we've used it yet, but when we do need it, I think it's there, and, and I think we should use that first and keep the rainy day fund for other items that we may need to work on. You're also involved on the Committee for Small Business. Correct. Which are really suffering. You know, Very lot, much the, so. The larger companies you know, are probably going to be okay here for the, for the most part when this thing fixes. The small companies and the, the small businesses are, are, are really struggling. Your thoughts, the PPP program is pretty much out of money. It's, it is out of money. Yep. It is out of money. We're waiting to try and see if the federal government will uh, put an influx of more cash in there so that small businesses can take control. I wanted, if you don't mind, to give a shout out and a a lot of kudos to our lieutenant governor. Uh, People have talked about that he's non-existent, he's not doing anything, he's staying at home, he's not in the conferences with the governor and that. But today at noontime, there, if you look at my web page, not my web page, but my Facebook page, the rep page, and the um, per- my personal page, if you're a personal friend, and I limit my personal page to per- to friends in that. I don't li- open it up to any media. So, you know, Roger, if you want to be a friend of mine on Facebook, on my personal page, I'm sorry, I don't allow media on there. Uh, but don't worry, I'm not on Facebook. Okay, good. <laughs> But I've been listening to and dialing in. The lieutenant governor has got a conference call 
twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays at noontime. And he is highlighting the PPP program, the state programs, the SBA programs that are out there right now. And he has different people on. He's had all of our federal delegation on. He's had He has constantly Mark Haywood on from the SBA who happens to be one of the hardest workers that I have seen in a long time. So, Mark, congratulations. We're going to miss you when you retire at the end of the year. Um, and he's had the DBI director, um, Elizabeth Tanner, on. And he's just doing a, an outstanding job for the small business. And that's what his office is, is geared towards. His charge as a lieutenant governor is to help small businesses. That is one of his... Uh, requirements as that office and he's doing an outstanding job on doing this keeping them all up in in touch he's even given out his personal cell phone number for small businesses to call him so um, i think that the programs we have even though the ppp is out of money right now i think we need to just highlight what else is available to our small businesses so we can keep them afloat while we're doing this that's what i wanted to ask you chris about uh, the ppp money is uh has run out i guess and uh so i think there's uh a move afoot to refinance the program right um, but there could be some politics involved right yeah 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 the the president's called out the uh, the democrats and, and no 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 offense nope, uh, intended. None, none yeah. taken yeah you're you nationally you'd, you'd be right in the middle Probably closer to a more conservative, but yes, uh, the Democrats in the House have looking to transfer the trans have a transformation of the world and the way they see it, and they're holding it up. So the money's all out, and they're trying to fund in, you know the about half a trillion dollars, and um, basically it's being held up right now in Congress. Right. So yeah, I've been told that, that the money's you know the money's all gone; it's been allocated. And I guess it was yesterday I I found out that money has been going in. I thought it was a couple of days, but some of these companies are getting it. But then remotely going back to to. Well, I'm hearing, you're probably hearing the same thing, small business. Now they've got an incentive for people to stay home because they can actually make more money with the program uh, by disincentivizing work, which, you know, if you're making 80 grand, uh, if you stay home, you shouldn't be making 90. Just my thoughts. Right, right. And and that's uh, one of the things that's always been, and you've got to weigh that difference. But you have to have some enforcement, too, saying that you're an essential industry you're you've got workers now they saying they have to stay home i can understand if you have a couple of them that have small children and they and they have to take care of them because they don't have any daycares all the daycares are shut down all the preschools are shut down all the uh, regular schools are shut down so uh, i can see a few of them but if you have a massive amount you need to know where the cutoff point is i trying to get my words correctly but know where the cutoff point is and saying hey listen you need to either hire more people by temporarily to to take up the place of the people that are that are out of work because they have to be with small kids or with for whatever reason yeah. And there are, there are some companies that was on my list yesterday, kind of digress for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some the large insurance companies are actually rebating and helping people as well. Um, Amica is giving back 20% of the yeah. April and, and May uh, premiums. Um, nationally, they, they're doing it, so I larger think, companies are kind of... I think there's some advertisement on TV right now that says some of the bigger, I think either... Uh, 
uh, State Farm or something is also giving it back a few other ones. So you know, you, they they'll everybody will eventually come on come online with trying to help everybody else out. And I know that uh, the insurance companies are probably hurting themselves right now with a lot of different things going on. What do you see as the next step? Um, obviously, you know, the, the revenues are just, we talked about it, you know, Twin River. The, just the, tanked. The, just tanked. The close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sales tax is down. Income tax is down. So what's really the, the, the next step to, to, to move things along? I've been thinking the last week about what steps we need to take. And this is just me personally, not anybody, anybody. You and I haven't even talked, Chris. And you and I usually text each other that quite often to keep up on on different things. But um, how do we open this economy back up? What steps do we need to take? I've been in touch, as I said, with the governor's office. I've made the suggestion that we need to. And this comes a lot from my wife and I talking since she's been a teacher for 30 plus years. We need to get the kids back in school at least by the 1st of June. They've got to get some sort of normalcy back to their lives and going back to schools to see their friends, to to be able to just gather and see their teachers and that. You've got to get prepared for next year, too. Mm-hmm. It's not just, just this year. It's next year. They start figuring out who's going to be their teachers next year. They, If they don't know the teacher, they may you know, come up and talk to the teacher. The teacher may have them. And I, I think knowing the middle schools that they used to have that they... They would have the students come into the next grade just to get used to what the teacher is going to do next year. So that's going to get some the students back to normalcy a little bit. Uh, we need to maybe open up parts of the economy again sooner than later. And I have not talked to anybody in the General Assembly or the governor's office on this one. But thinking about maybe... I don't know about you, but my hair is getting a little bit longer than I like it. I need to get a haircut soon, <laughs> you know. Uh, so maybe getting the hairdressers and the barber shops and the manicurists and that to get people to get back to calming down instead of being anxious, instead of being saying I'm left at home all the time. Is it the easiest thing? No. How do we take precautions? We need to set up rules and say, okay, you need to do this, this, and this. Or we need to do this, this, and this. So... Just trying to open those up. Maybe opening restaurants up to a limited amount of people. If your maximum capacity is 100 people in your restaurant, maybe we can put down 25 or, or 20 people to start you know, getting people back to some sort of being able to get back to their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, if we ask your wife, and obviously you're a teacher too, what, do you, what percentage do you think they're absorbing? So if they're in a full classroom and now we, we're doing remote teaching, how, how far are they falling behind? What percentage? Obviously, you can't replace the interaction. That's the thing that is extremely, you know, difficult on, on everyone. You know, the proms, all of the stuff that that's that's in jeopardy. Yeah. But what about graduations? What, graduations. what about yeah. the, what percentage do you think they're absorbing? This is a whole new world in terms of remote learning. Well, we've we've been um, out of school since in Woonsocket since March thirteenth. So it's been a month. So they were learning up until March 13th, and then it, they started to do remote learning. They took a week's vacation the next week. So trying to get everything in line to, for the remote learning. I'm going to say they're, they've probably 20% of what they've learned, well, would be learning up until now, is probably what they're learning at this point. 
I, I don't think there's a lot more. I think they're just reinforcing. They're trying to go ahead with what you're supposed to be to keep online. But you, the interaction is there. If you, if you have one student that is, doesn't understand that concept, well, I don't care if it's science, math, English, you know, social studies, whatever, you, you don't have that interaction unless you have that Zoom. And they don't really do a lot of the Zoom classrooms. Mm-hmm. Once in a while they will. But I think they're trying to have the students do most of it individual. So if you have a question, Chris, on and Roger's the teacher, he's the English teacher, and you say, I don't understand this preposition, I don't understand whatever, there's probably five or ten other students that are probably saying the same thing. So Roger's going to have to repeat himself ten or fifteen times instead of just once in a classroom setting. Mm-hmm. So I think they're probably not learning as much, and I'm going to say 20% roughly. That's just my estimation. Uh, and I know you're not speaking for the Department of Education. Absolutely not. But what what do you think is a reasonable schedule that everyone's not missing a grade? What do you think this? Because uh, obviously it's, it's been a month, a little bit more than a month. Mm-hmm. You've been out, so can that be made up? Do you think in the summertime we get back to normal? Um, it can't be made up. No, we, there's laws that prohibit school from going um, a well, lot. Well, you make the laws. <laughs> yes, I know, but we can't. We are not in session, so we can't change right. any of them. Yeah. So. But uh, I think that they may have, they may re-look at next year's schedule and say, okay, for the first month, all of September, we're going to just review what you would have done, finished up with last year, just to make sure that they get back into studying that. Because I'll guarantee you there's still a certain percentage of students that are just putting a half-hazard way of studying right now. Um, just, you know, not attending every day, not checking in every day. Mm-hmm. So, and it's tough. I, I know it's frustrating for the teachers, too. I know the teachers are trying. They love their kids. You know, I looking on some of the posts on Facebook and that, uh, the kids, the teachers miss their kids. They're, they're sending different schools, are sending out all the teachers are getting a video together of, you know, we miss you guys. And, and they really do. I talk to a few teachers and they and they really miss the students so it's it's going to be difficult a, a non-general assembly question yeah. roger and i've talked about this and I, I've, I've shared it uh publicly and privately the, just the, the kind of victimization though if you look at cnn you look at msnbc you look at the liberal side they're just wallowing in this that this is the worst thing in the world and we've never had a influenza like in 1918 we've never had a world war so i just get very frustrated with the victimization then you look at fox or you look at somebody else washington times is more upbeat where, where do you see it in terms of the media where do you see it in your life where, where do you see it in rhode island you can be critical of us we actually we like it <laughs> we, we were told uh, yesterday we well, knew nothing because we were from Woonsocket. so yeah uh, all right Me, we're the media as you well know both of you they sensationalize everything they need to you know, try to get their listenership up, their readership up, their uh, viewership up. So they're going to try and make comments, make uh, headlines that get, draw you to it. And I'm sorry, the president, as I said earlier to, in this interview, the president has not seen this before. Congress has, this current Congress has not seen this before. Our governors, all of them have not seen this before. They are going to make mistakes. We need to be a little bit more lenient with all of them. 
So I I would encourage any media just to just to take step back and take a look. What would you do if there's a a, um, a total catastrophe in your life, and see how you would react? Mm-hmm. Would you make mistakes, or would you be perfect? Mm-hmm. I, I think that most of them would would have to, if they wanted to be truthful to themselves, would admit that they would make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Now you are my state rep. Uh, I am. I'm in your district. There's probably a hundred percent chance I'm going to be voting for you, unless you're not running again. Are you? Are you do you plan 100%? on running again? Hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Near hundred percent. We we, go, we you, both have to be living. Yeah. We. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk after with some other stuff. But there's something you know about me that I don't know, Chris. No, just a general comment. <laughs> yeah. Roger, Roger, that I have to be Roger, living. You know. Roger challenged my hundred percent statement, so I had to qualify it. <laughs> 30 seconds okay. you've got. All right. Uh, every two years I do say, do I want to go through this? Because sometimes it is a little wearing on the family and that. But, yes, as of right now, I'm 100% running. And I plan on staying at least two to four more years and maybe reevaluate after that. Chris, thank you very much for your assistance today as usual. My pleasure. Thank you, Bob Phillips. We'll talk to you again. See everybody Monday. This has been WNRI's Upfront. Presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.